Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. My name is Franco Honorato. I was born in Padula, a small town in South Italy, near Salerno. Meet Franco Honorato, a chef with a talent for blending not just fine ingredients, but human connections, the spice of life, into new and exciting combinations. Just listen to how he cooked up the recipe for his current career as a world-class chef in Southern California. The owner of a large restaurant took me to Southern California to work for them. I didn't like it because it was frozen food, frozen potatoes, frozen hash brown. It's like a sponge. I meet this businessman with a car dealership, Oldsmobile Chevy, but he had a little kitchen inside his dealership for his personal breakfast. I was inspired and I say, let me use your kitchen and I can bring all my customers and we open an Italian restaurant inside the dealership. I'm from the old country. I can do anything. I only need a knife and a oven. And they were not sure that I wasn't, like you say, this guy is crazy. <laughs> they used to call me the chef, the cook with the motor oil. Who said that? The, <laughs> all these uh, journalists, they used to come to see me, you know. All the television station, the associate press, everybody was coming to see me. It was after September 11. You know, everybody was down. I think the press was trying to say, look, this is America. We can still do things. Even if we have a major problem, there is always hope. An Italian chef in a California car dealership with a population that's probably 50% Hispanic coming up with something that makes people happy. It's America. It's what the mind can conceive, it can achieve. I made a chicken alla padulese in honor of my hometown. An instant hit. And I meet a wonderful lady from Mexico, born in Cuernavaca. And we've been married for 15 years. She was telling me, you got to see this special place, Cuernavaca. So what does an Italian see about Mexico or Cuernavaca that you think is really special? We all say that our country is better than yours, your country is better than mine, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to believe, you know. I said, it's just another place. But when I went out there, the best weather in the world. You don't get the influenza out there, you know. Yes, and, right. um, Second, the flowers, the city of the flower. And also historically, all these intelligent people from around the world, and they create a very sophisticated and intelligent society in Cuernavaca. There is an en- a special energy there. I mean, the Queen of Italy used to, used to live in Cuernavaca also. <laughs> the city of eternal spring, right? Yes. When did you realize that I had a connection with Cuernavaca? I browsed on the internet and I saw your uh, production. About Cuernavaca and the Hollywood blacklist? I love that your, your tape. Late every spring, by clockwork, the rains came to Mexico, starting at midday and pouring for hours. From the patio of our home in Cuernavaca, you could hear the water pounding on the flagstones and the roof. It's so realistic, you know, the rain and uh, the the, the recording is very, very precise about what Cuernavaca is about, you know. You know where I recorded that part of the show? Where? Cuernavaca. Oh, that's very realistic. That's the rainy season in Cuernavaca. That yeah, it's impressive. It's like cooking. You only use the best ingredients, right? Right. In Mexico, it's magic things. You know, no, no. Tony, Charles Mingus, the famous jazz musician. Charlie Mingus, yes. He used to live in Cuernavaca. He, lived at, uh, he used to live at off Humboldt Avenue. No, I knew people who lived on Humboldt Avenue. Tony, you know, Tony, I went to your street, and I walked in the street by your house, by La Casa de la Mora. Uh-huh. That was about two years ago. I knew exactly the street. At the top At of the there hill. used to live Sam Giancana, 
The famous uh, oh, no. Italian mob. Really? When you were there. Oh, my. <laughs> Sam Giancana, the man who murdered for Murder Incorporated? He lived there for oh, 10 years. Oh, my And gosh. he had the guest of Frank Sinatra. A lot of famous people used to go to visit him. I went back to Cuernavaca many, many years ago. I went to the old neighborhood just to see what had changed. It had changed a lot. The, oh, You yeah. know, there, the streets were all paved. All of the shacks had been replaced by little concrete houses. And I couldn't see my old home, my Casa de las Moras. Didn't even know if it existed anymore. This old guy who was sitting outside one of these houses, I went up to him and I said, excuse me, do you know this area? He says, oh, yes, of course I do. I said, well, could you tell me if, if there still is a place called Casa de las Moras? I used to live there as a child. And this old man looks at me and he says, Tony? Chills went down my spine. He said, wow. your, your brother Jim, you had a dog, Mimi, you had an aunt, Janet. I said, who are you? <laughs> he was one of the kids I used to play with in Cuernavaca. He said, after you guys left Mexico, they didn't rent the house for a while, so they used it as a set for Mexican feature films. He said, and they made Tisok there. Tisok. I'd never heard of Tisok, but it turned out that it was the last movie made by my childhood hero, the singing cowboy, Pedro Infante. Pedro Infante, wow. Pedro Infante had been in my house. Oh, and, that's big. That's major. It was, really? It was his last movie before he died, mysteriously. And it was the first Cinemascope big deal feature film in Mexico. I said, do you happen to have a copy of Tisok? He said, sure. So he gives me this videotape. And on this videotape, 35 years after I've left it, on the screen is my house with Pedro Infante in it. I mean, the greatest Pedro Infante. This only in Mexico, Tony. Maybe we can talk to each other, sit on the table side, have an Italian meal in Mexico, and have a good you know, wine, you know, and we talk about, you know, nostalgic, about, you know, Absolutely. the time that was. You'll make me chicken a la padulese. A la padulese, And yes. I will make you the best guacamole that you have ever had <laughs> from a recipe that I got from the woman who used to do cooking for us named Simona. I thank you, Tony. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chef Franco Honorato with today's morning story, Chicken a la Padulese. It tastes wonderful just in the name. And let me tell you, Gary, if you haven't met Franco Honorato yet, you probably will. That's the kind of interaction that we all just crave. Somebody who has some level of shared experience. Yeah, yeah. Sit down with them and eat a lot of food and drink <laughs> wine and laugh. Yeah. I was in L.A. last week for a conference and I met this lovely woman, found out that she used to live in Boston, mm -hmm. and she went to Emerson College. Mm -hmm. I went to Emerson. There you go. And then we just immediately formed sort of a bond or an ease with each other. We leaped beyond the superficial very quickly. And I, I bet you just two degrees of separation away from her is Franco Norato and his chicken a la padulese. There's a video, Tony. He actually gave me the recipe for chicken a la padulese while we were talking. I put it on a video, just like Julia Child, only without the production values. If, if your mouth is not watering by the end of this video, you're not human. 
just sniff your way to our website, wgbh.org slash morning stories, and you will find the video there waiting for you. I do have a little bit of news, and it's both good and bad news. The good news is that our transcription project is almost complete. The bad news is that our transcription project is almost complete, (laughs) which now includes about 12 people who have been doing transcripts of every episode for us and who have also been leaving wonderful comments. Kate McGovern transcribed our podcast Two for the Road, which included uh, Ravi Jain. The guy who does his own show, drives around in his car, and interviews people in his car. Right. It's called Drive Time. Drive Time. You should definitely check it out. Great show. Kate writes... What we reveal really is different when sitting in a car journeying someplace. And if you can strip, so to speak, a little easier in a car, well, it's a breeze on a scooter. (laughs) I've had some of the most direct and meaningful conversations with my husband while buzzing along on a scooter together. Perhaps it's that fear which accompanies every ride which pushes the truth out of you loud and fast. Bonking heads or helmeted ears and cheeks together needing to practically yell out your thoughts to be heard over the noise of wind and traffic. All very cathartic. I'll tell you what else is cathartic. Having one of those scooters in Italy come right at you. No traffic lines in Italy, yes? Let's say that there's a fascinating conversation going on about where the traffic line should be. I see, I see. Just one other uh, that I wanted to read to you, Georgia. She was responding to one of the stories called Family Ties the story of somebody who came from a very well-known family. She was moved by that to, to write, My maternal grandfather's sister. She was ancient and had long been institutionalized by the time I was big enough to capture memories. We went to visit her in another state only once. It was like entering a prison, and I was terrified to my bones to be walking among the insane who reached out their hands to me, grabbed at my clothing, talked strangely, and looked so sad and so wild as we made our way to sweet Lita May's locked room. I have never forgotten how she looked, sitting there, the sun streaming in through the window, illuminating her from behind, a million wrinkles of anguished confusion and age in her skin. Her mind was gone, I suppose, but her heart was not. When my mother passed away, I inherited her family photographs, and there's one of my Aunt Lita May in her dark-haired, dark-eyed prime, a brooding beauty. Beneath a gray sky, she's standing perfectly erect in a cemetery near a stranger's grave. I learned years later that as she began to lose her mind, Lita May would disappear late some nights, and my grandfather would go out searching for her through the dark, dangerous town. He would inevitably find her somewhere in the graveyard, wandering alone and unprotected, giving her madness moonlight. Grace, a delicate beauty, none of that could save her. I felt an incredible connection to her, like our hearts were the closest of friends. It was my great pleasure later to perform some special religious rites for her that are deeply meaningful to me. This was my way of honoring her and finding the means to give her a gift of respect and love. She was no longer the old, wizened woman, disfigured by mental suffering, who had frightened me as a child. She was my dear aunt, and my sister, young and smiling, and beautiful, and very, very well. In my mind, I could hold both her hands, and we could stand together and gaze into the pains of life and say to them, you, you're nothing. Happy Valentine's Day 2008 to my Morning Stories friends. 
and that was from Georgia, responding to one of the transcripts that the members of the Transcribers Club provided so amazingly to us. Georgia has also gone ahead and done something wonderful to keep that kind of conversation going. Georgia has created a blog Mm -hmm. out of whole cloth. A place where you can continue the conversation. We're certainly going to be checking in as good neighbors to Georgia's blog, and we'll have a, a link to her blog on our website. And email us, morningstories at wgbh.org. We'll see you soon. Take care. Oh, you know, Gary, I neglected to mention one more detail about uh, today's morning story. Uh, in that movie called Tisok that I got, Pedro Infante played the role of a Mistec Indian who, uh, by his kindness and his decency, wins the heart of the most beautiful lady in the country. And sitting next to me while I watched that movie was my little son, Andrew, whom we'd adopted in Mexico eight years before, almost to the day. And guess what? He's a Mistec Indian. And at that moment, as we both sat there making our own connections to Pedro Infante, the world between us got so small, we could have held it in the palm of our hands. Porque mi sol, oh,